Hello, and welcome to the Book Marketing Simplified Podcast. I'm Jen Hansen DePaula. And I'm Marcus DePaula. We always love receiving questions from the audience. Yes. And you received a good one via DMs this past week. Yes. I did a post earlier that included newsletters. Mm -hmm. And I always get a lot of questions about newsletters because... I think authors are unsure of them because they aren't exactly sure of what they should include, if they're important, adding it to their to-do list and all that stuff. And Dawn, hello Dawn, asked a great question about how she understands in theory what newsletters are, but she was wanting to know what the difference was between someone subscribing to their blog Mm -hmm. as opposed to subscribing to their newsletter. And this is a distinction that we end up having to make for actually a lot of our clients that kind of conflate the two. And it's understandable. Very, very much. Because a lot of times you're using the same content. Yeah. And it's really within the delivery that makes it different and makes it an important thing to differentiate. Right. So along with the delivery, there are mechanical pieces that need to be set up and put in place that we wanted to make sure that authors were aware of. And while it is a lot of little moving pieces, it is doable for authors to do themselves. And so I figured covering these things, we could actually address that question of the difference between the blog and the newsletter. This isn't just adding something else to do to your to-do list. There is a very distinct purpose within growing and establishing a newsletter list. Just to warn you, we're not getting super technical. Right. You'll have to hold me back though because I tend (laughs) to get technical. I know that like many times when I talk to authors about kind of the technical side of things, I see them kind of zone out. We're not going to get uber detailed on that. Yeah. And before we get into it too, I do feel like newsletters more than a lot of the other pieces you recommend authors add to their arsenal of marketing tools. It's the one that might be the scariest, I guess, for a lot of authors. Maybe. And I just don't think that it's covered enough. When authors are told that they have to do this, that, and all these other things, and then they're told that they have to do this newsletter that no one really goes into much detail on. And because it is unknown, it's scary. And because you don't know what to do, what to include in it. So there are a lot of unknowns. So can we talk first about the content and what's to be included in the newsletter, just generally, we're not going to go into too much detail, but I'd also like to set this up by thinking, you know, those of us who are over the age of 40, especially, we think of newsletters like those trifold printed things (laughs) with multiple stories in it and a directory on the back of the staff or, you know, this is not what we're talking about. No. And (laughs) Some people refer to it as email marketing. Some say email blast. Email blast is like fingernails on a chalkboard to me. (laughs) I don't know why. We're a little weird on that. but, (laughs) But we tend to overthink what should be included in a newsletter. And here's the thing that I want to get into the minds of authors right away. What you have seen some other authors do or some other companies do that turn you off Mm -hmm. for newsletters Erase those from your minds because that's not what we're going to be talking about. There are a lot of bad newsletters out there. Or make a note of it and understand that that's the wrong thing to do. (laughs) I always tell authors, you do not need to write a magnum opus for a newsletter. In fact, the shorter, the better. Yep. Because you always want to put yourself in your reader's shoes. Many of us have very little time 
And we are not going to sit and read a huge newsletter. Mm -hmm. Thinking about the content that they're looking for, they're not looking to be constantly promoted to. There is a definite balance to this. So what I like to do with newsletters is look at what we already have in terms of content, Mm -hmm. meaning do we have a weekly blog? Do we have a podcast? Have we shared some interesting social media content Mm -hmm. that we can repurpose for our newsletter where we can create a short letter just to kind of outline or say something personable and embed that or have a link in the newsletter to drive people to your latest podcast or your latest blog post. And a lot of times it's just a few sentences that tease the topic to drive people to the website to go deeper. Yes. So that you're not flooding their inbox with all the stuff, expecting them to read it in their email client, (laughs) which is not the best experience for reading, if I'm honest. You're just adding value. Yes. That is what a newsletter really essentially does. But the most important thing is that our email is sacred ground. We do not loosely give our email address out to just anybody. Right. If someone signs up for your newsletter, I've said this many, many times, they're saying, you have my attention. I'm interested. Yep. They are giving you permission to come into their inbox. Yep. Think about it as being invited over to someone's house and you knock on the door. They're very excited to see you. And then you overstay your welcome. Yeah. <laughs> like you just start talking and talking and you don't leave. That's what like a long newsletter kind of feels like. Yeah. You want to drop by, give them something to show them that you care about them, that you hear their needs or that you identify with them and then leave, <laughs> you know. And people can tell if your motivation is purely self-serving and you're just trying to promote something you're trying to get them to buy from you. And this is something, I actually had a conversation with a couple of friends of mine this week, and this kind of goes into the whole content sharing, Mm -hmm. whether it's on social media or in a newsletter. They were saying how the content that I share seems to resonate very well. Mm -hmm. I'm very honored that they would say that. What I told them was, it's because I'm not talking about myself. Right. I am constantly thinking about my ideal reader. This isn't about me. Mm-hmm. This is about showing up for my audience. No matter if you're fiction or nonfiction, when you show up for someone else and you focus on creating content for them, it changes the game. It really changes your perspective. It allows you to have empathy and let your audience know that they are seen and heard. And it helps guide you on what you should be including in the newsletter. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest questions you get about newsletters, what should I be including? What does your ideal reader want? What would you want if you were your ideal reader? Mm-hmm. How short do you want it to be? What kind of pictures do you want in it? What should the title say? It kind of dictates every piece of it. If you just follow that thread, it totally guides you to the place you should be. So now that we've addressed the content piece Mm -hmm. of the newsletter, and part of that clarifies, I feel like, the difference between the newsletter and the blog, the content itself. Technically, you can subscribe to a blog because it's an RSS feed, but you have to use an RSS reader. Most people are not doing that these days. 
you have to have a special app for that. You have to be kind of technically sad. So it's kind of technical to think of it that way of subscribing to the blog itself. So when we're talking about subscribers here, we're talking about getting people's email information so you can send them emails. I know from my experience, there is some confusion between subscribing to a newsletter and subscribing to a blog thanks to WordPress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because WordPress offers this really cool feature of being able to put your email address in on a website and then you are emailed when there's a new blog post. Mm -hmm. So some people are using that as their subscription tool for their content so that from their content creator perspective, when they post a new blog, it's delivering the newsletter automatically to their subscribers. While that can be a time-saving tool, you might be missing out on some opportunities if that's the only tool you're using as your newsletter list. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't have a WordPress site, then you probably don't have this confusion, but chances are you've probably been to a WordPress site as a reader, so you've probably seen this before. But we wanted to clarify that and then also offer what we recommend as the mechanical pieces to put in place on your website so you can be set up for the best tools possible to move forward and grow your list. And something that I want to add to the whole, you know, like having your blog post automatically delivered via email. Mm -hmm. We say this a lot. If you're coming at this as it just being easier for you, but not being the best experience for your reader, that's a big thing. Yes, absolutely. I always put my listener when I'm editing podcasts, my reader when I'm writing a tweet or anything, I'm always thinking of that other person first. The trouble is finding the balance between mm -hmm. dedicating the appropriate amount of time <laughs> as opposed to the perfectionist amount yeah. of time <laughs> to get but this content out. <laughs> the thing with a newsletter is that it's not adding hours of work right. on top of it. Right. It's adding maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. It's giving your readers a better experience and the choice to want to click to read more. Because if someone comes to their inbox and sees this huge email with all this text, A, they might not have time to read it and they think, oh, I'll read it later. And they never do. Exactly. B, they might just see it and go, oh, delete. I don't want Yeah. Or this. unsubscribe, which is even yes. worse. And if someone sees a short introduction addressing something that they're interested in and that they respond to, Yes, they will click and they will go to your website to read the rest of the blog post. Yes. Leave them wanting more. Yes. <laughs> All right. So if you don't have a WordPress site or if you do have a WordPress site and you want to up your newsletter game, let's talk about the pieces you need to have in place. Once you have your content, that's a whole piece of it, obviously. Mm -hmm. That's going to be what you're regularly working on is the yes. content. So let's talk about the pieces you need to just set up once to have in place so that you don't have to worry about them and all you spend your time doing is just coming up with that content to engage with people. So the first thing that you need to focus on is subscribing to an email marketing management service. We use one called MailerLite. It stores all of your emails that you accumulate that people are subscribing with. And in addition to collecting the email addresses, their systems that they've set up keeps your domain 
from being labeled as a spammer. Mm-hmm. If you're labeled as a spammer, you're going to end up in people's junk mailboxes and nobody's going to see your emails and it hurts your marketing efforts. You cannot just store these email addresses in an Excel sheet right? and email them from your regular email address. And having something like MailerLite, which is very affordable, they Mm -hmm. give you up to a thousand free subscribers and it costs half as much as many of the other social media management tools. And we are not sponsored by this. We just love their product. It's also the easiest to create amazing looking emails. Yes. So easy. (laughs) Mind-blowingly easy. But what this service will do, it will make sure... That you're complying with local laws right? with your emails because there are more and more legalities surrounding newsletter subscriptions. And privacy. Exactly. Yeah. Privacy is the biggest thing, especially over in Europe. Mm-hmm. So it makes sure that you're compliant with those rules. So once you've set up your email service account, And we're not going to go into super detail of exactly how to do all of this. This will just be an overview. You'll need to connect your domain to it Mm -hmm. so that it says that it's coming from you. And there are some verification steps in that that is probably the most technical part of it. And then once you have it done, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Then it's a matter of taking whatever form they give you from within that platform and making sure it's embedded or enabled on your website. And some of these tools, you can get a plugin for WordPress to incorporate MailerLite directly, but it's just a matter of copying and pasting the code and sticking it on a page on your website or in the footer. And MailerLite has tutorials on how to do all of this. Great tutorials. Yes. And so it's not something that they just kind of say, oh, this is what you have to do. They take you through step-by-step how to do it. Exactly. The next thing I like to do once I have the form on the website, I create my first campaign. I'll pick one of the templates they have Mm -hmm. and then I'll add my logo, change the colors or maybe the fonts if I need to and send out my first welcome email. Like, uh, this is my first one, welcome, and give them expectation of Mm -hmm. how often you're going to be communicating with them. The beautiful part of this is once I create that first email and I'm happy with the way it looks and the font choices and all that stuff, all I need to do for my next campaign, instead of starting from scratch and doing all the same setting changes again, I just duplicate that campaign Mm -hmm. and then just replace the content, replace the images, replace the text the links, all that stuff. You've created your own template. Yes. And they do have templates that you can build in there, but I find that I'm kind of making tweaks and changes as Mm -hmm. I go along to make it better and better and better. If I go with my template, it reverts me back to a thing that's missing some of the stuff that I've refined. So I end up just duplicating campaigns instead of using the template option. So then once you have all these pieces set up, The next level is to do something you talk about a lot, Mm -hmm. which is creating an incentive to get people to actually want to sign up for your newsletter. Yes. And that's the biggest thing that you can do to actually grow your list. Because if you offer something for free, like a checklist or some sample chapters, or I've had authors give away a free novella Mm -hmm. or short stories or something like that. When you can offer them something to really pique their interest, that is what is going to help grow your newsletter continuously and not just saying, hey, subscribe to my newsletter, because that gives them no real reason to 
want to. Yeah. Just putting the form on your website doesn't mean people are going to. It's not a build it and they will come. Exactly. Kind of situation. And the way to deliver that free incentive, all you have to do is in MailerLite or whatever platform you're using, you go into that automatic responder email that they get once they sign up and include a link to that file for them to be able to download once they sign up. Yes. And there's additional ways that you can take this to other levels. Like we have multiple incentives. We've started grouping subscribers so we know how they've signed up in case we ever want to communicate with a specific person who signed up for a specific incentive. We know that they might be interested in something else that we have coming out and communicate with them in a different way. You can get very deep very quickly with newsletters, but just to set things up and just to get started, start simple, get fancy later and get these elements set up so that you can start regularly communicating with your core readers because that is what's going to not only establish that community and those deeper connections with your readers, but you have a solid foundation and a solid group of people that you know that you can reach out to when you have a book coming out or when you have a promotion or when you have a reading, whatever you're doing, you have these group of people that you can count on. Exactly. And the thing to keep in mind too is that you also have to be consistent, Mm -hmm. which is something you talk about a lot in communicating with them because if you haven't sent them an email in a year and a half and all of a sudden you decide, oh, I've got another book coming out soon, Mm -hmm. I should email them. You need to warm them up first. Yes. And it's like that friend who only calls you when they need something. Exactly. You don't want to do that. Nobody wants to be that friend. If you send out at least one newsletter a month, Yep. being consistent with that. If you are putting out weekly content, like weekly blogs or weekly podcasts. There's your newsletter. There's your newsletter and driving traffic to that. You can send out a newsletter every week, but I would say, especially if you are a fiction writer, once a month or even twice a month is great, Mm -hmm. but a minimum of once a month. Yes. All right, so hopefully we haven't overwhelmed you (laughs) with what's required to setting up and getting your newsletter running. Whichever email marketing platform you choose, they have resources too that help make it easy and guide you through there. Okay, so what's the make it happen moment for this newsletter episode? Well, this make it happen moment is to subscribe to our newsletter, (laughs) mainly so you can see how it works and how we do it. Because I think once you can experience it, and you see the process that we take you through, it's going to make things clear. Mm-hmm. Also, subscribing to other industries and other people's yes, newsletters. Other yes, because you want to see, okay, this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. or this is what I don't want to do. And just to clarify, we're not saying that we do newsletters perfectly. No, no. It's an ongoing process. We continue to adjust things as we learn more. Subscribing to a bunch of newsletters and seeing what you think would work best for you and your particular audience based on what you see other people doing is what we recommend. Yes, absolutely. So head over to mixusmedia.com to subscribe. And you also get a free download of our Streamline Book Marketing Guide. incentive. That is our incentive. (laughs) And we have some new ones coming up too. So be on the lookout for those. But 
experience the process yourself. Right, even just paying attention to where we have the forms, because we've made choices specifically Mm -hmm. on how to embed the forms, where to put them, what to say, all that sort of stuff. There's all these little details. And if you go to mixusmedia.com slash resources, we'll have a link for this in the show notes as well. I have a lot of information on newsletters. So if you're curious and you want to dig deeper, head on over to the website. So Don, thank you so much for the great question. Keep them coming in. And thank you for listening. Talk to you soon. 